This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. My guest today is someone I've known and admired for years, and that's author, speaker, mentor, business founder, and prolific publisher, Valerie Koo. Valerie started the Australian Writers' Centre, well, now in its 10th year, and today has offices in Sydney, Melbourne and Perth, and not surprisingly, a large online learning presence. To date, more than 20,000 budding writers have been through their programmes in one form or another. Valerie is a keynote speaker with our friends over at KPI, and thanks to their support, all listeners to this show can access the Key Person of Influence online quiz that will help determine your influence rating. Take the quiz and you'll get a 30-page report that diagnoses where you are already strong and what needs work. And you'll also receive a free hard copy of Amazon's business and entrepreneurship bestseller, Become a Key Person of Influence. Just head to kpiquiz.com.au forward slash flying solo. And don't worry, I'll give you that link again after I've spoken to Valerie all about Are You Ready to Publish? Hello, Valerie. Hello, Robert. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for joining us. My Delighted pleasure. to have you here. Now, look, um, as I said, you're in your 10th year. Congratulations. 10 years. Thank hey? you. 10 years to get your overnight success. It's yes. That, it's that easy, isn't it? So, look, what I thought is to kind of get us into this topic of are you ready to publish, uh, which I think we'll both, you know, we'd all agree is, is uh, can be a, a key way to have and to kind of demonstrate some influence is to be seen and to be published. But it's in order to get us into that, you know, I think it's true to say that you show up in a lot of places. You blog, you run podcasts, you're very active on social, you produce videos, you're constantly speaking, doing keynotes and MC work, you're writing. You do a whole lot of stuff. That's right, isn't it? Yes, it's a busy time. (laughs) Right. Okay, so what I'd like to do to get this started is let's just... For a moment, just for a little bit of fun, let's imagine that you and your business, Sydney Writers Centre, has been bought up by somebody. You know, not, not, not an unrealistic expectation at all. Somebody's come along, they've said, Valerie, I want to buy your business, and they buy the whole damn thing. Mm. So now, sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> Send them round. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So now I'm talking to Valerie, who's sitting at home, you know, nice, nice bank balance, you're starting again. Now, I think it's true to say that you're not going to, you know, move your chair over to the window and just sit and read books. <laughs> Knowing you, you're going to do something else. So I'd like you to come from that position. Here you are, starting again. You're a single person. You don't have that team of people around you, and you're going to get back into publishing. How are you going to do it, and how will you decide where to publish? 
Well, I am a big believer in doing things that you are passionate about or that are related to things that you're passionate about because, you know, sometimes when the going gets tough, as it often does in business, you need that little extra thing that's going to drive you, that thing that's going to make you work, you know, burning the midnight oil or make you make the hard calls. So, I think that I would you know, sit, pull my chair over to the window and um, have a think about what really um, I'm passionate about and what I want to pursue. So that might be an interest or a hobby or a cause or, um, you know, just something that I'm uh, just really want to get my teeth into. And then I think once I've identified that, because I think it's really important that you, you're really clear that these are the this is the thing that's going to drive you through some of the, you know, challenging times. Mm-hmm. Once I've identified that, I think actually, and based on what I've learned over the last ten years or so, and I probably would have had a different answer five years ago and a different answer ten years ago, right. uh, is is I would start doing a couple of things. Number one, I'm passionate about writing and creating content anyway. That's mm-hmm. just my thing. That's who I'm you a, are. Yeah, I'm a writer. So, I've always been a writer. So, chances are I'd be writing about it or I'd be finding out information and I'd be reinterpreting it for other people. But I think what would always be in the back of my head or part of my goal is to build a community around that interest. So, to to either find other people who are who share the same passion or other people who are interested in going along my journey as I discover more about that particular area. Um, so I haven't necessarily identified the, that area yet, but I would probably build a tribe, build a community. Okay. And, and I think that's really important because ultimately it's your tribal community who um, will not only fuel you and inspire you, but who will potentially buy from you as well, providing you have a good product. Now, okay, chance- can I just stop you there for one yeah. sec? All right, let's just imagine for a minute. Let's 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 think of a of a, a sort of a, a fairly typical solo individual. Let's let's bring in somebody in, say, professional services. Let's think about some. Let's talk about someone. Yeah, this will be interesting. Who's a mortgage broker? Someone okay. who's selling finance to people. Yeah. Right. So they're sitting there, possibly listening to this now, driving along, whatever, thinking, right, okay. I need to find a passion and a cause. I need to write about it. I need to build a community about it. Mm. Now, clearly, there needs to be a little bit more thinking and prodding by someone like you in the work that you do at the Sydney Writers' Centre to tease out perhaps the passion and the community aspect. But what would be your first thought when you look at that and you say, okay, let's speak to Mr. Mortgage Breaking Person. Mm. Where would you start to look for that passion and that cause, do you think? Think about what got you excited when you were 12 years old, you know, cast your mind back to that and what, what was it? What was it that really, you know, made you, made you happy, made you smile? If that doesn't uh, you know, give you some idea, then you just need to sit there and you need to be really honest with yourself mm-hmm. at what would really help you wake up and get out of the bed, get out of bed every day and think, I would do this, I love doing this so much, I would do it for free. Okay, but then let's let's say and look, you just tell me to shut up if I'm asking you too many horrible questions. But <laughs> not at all. Okay, so let's say we've we've got that mortgage broker, and the thing mm. that wo- that really wakes this this person up, he or she, is um, playing sport, being involved okay. in sport. How then? I mean, the question I think that must be coming up in their mind if they're listening is, okay, so I've got this passion here, yeah. but ultimately, 
I want to do stuff that's going to grow my business. So how do we pull that back across to introduce or to maintain the kind of business relevance? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in trying to combine your passions where you can. So for that perfect example, if there's a mortgage broker and he's really into sport, then think about ways that you can combine that. So for example, he might then decide to be a mortgage broker that specialises in sports people. You know, uh-huh. helping them find homes and helping because they have sports people, hopefully he would understand what their needs are. You know, they, they have certain needs and they have certain maybe variations in their income because their sport is seasonal and he'd be able to understand that and he, he potentially might be able to know how to structure a mortgage in such a way that, you know, can, can, can cater mm. to the variations in those incomes. So find a way that you can combine those two things because some people don't know this, but my passion, even though, yes, I love writing and, and I am passionate about that, to be honest, an even greater passion of mine Ooh, is... an expose. I love yeah, those. exactly, is helping people understand that, uh, that they can achieve their dreams, that they can do what's possible, helping people to understand and realise their potential. And I realised a while back that, you know, that's quite broad and I – and, and I was never going to train a sports person to, mm-hmm. to you know, achieve Olympic gold because I just do not have that skill. But I had skills in – my technical skill was in writing. So what I did, I combined both. I helped people achieve their writing dreams. And that's what makes it so dynamic and, I guess, successful because I've been able to combine – two passions and that's just given sort of double the impetus so Mm. if the mortgage broker could do that or and you know that's just one example i'm sure there are other ways that he could combine them as well um then that then that just that's just a recipe for success perfect okay so just again just to to kind of push out a bit um broader as well i guess then to the non non sports loving mortgage broker who's listening Um, is is what you're saying is look for your passion. So that could be, I mean, just to sort of, you know, um, to just brainstorm it ever so slightly with you now, Mm -hmm. that could be, um, it might be balancing work with having kids around you. That might be a passion. And then again, you could weave that into how to structure your life so that you can spend more time with your family. And hello, a way you can do that is by using mortgages to expand your portfolio or some such thing. Yes, expanding further on that is that if you are really passionate about your family and you want to, you know, combine those two things, that's great, but you can help other people who are like you. So maybe then as a mortgage broker, you are specialising in young families or or something like that. Yeah, got you. Okay. Is it your belief then that within everybody there is sufficient kind of passion and cause we just have to tease it out? And can that, two questions, can that pretty well always be morphed into or merged with a publishing um, sort of uh, activity of some sort? Absolutely. We all have passion within us. Some people keep our passion really, really dormant um, or have never really thought about articulating it. A lot of people, you know, they do what they do during the, you know, in their their job, but they've never actually thought, well, why did I, I started this business for a reason and chances are there was some kind of entrepreneurial spark or some kind of fire that got me there in, that got me to start it in the first place. And Mm. sometimes that fire is a little bit hard to identify if you've been going for 10 years sometimes, because, you know, you just got the daily grind going on. So I think it's really important to to especially if you've been in business for a long time 
to remember why you got there in the first place. Remember that passion and articulate it. Because some people, and I think this is so important, some people never actually articulate their passion story. Mm. And it's been so many years and yet their, their, their employees don't know what it was that drove them, you know, to start the business in the first place. And wouldn't that be inspiring to know what started this business? If you can recapture that passion, particularly if you've been in business for a long time, it's a really valuable thing. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, I remember uh, a quote I heard. I can't for the life of me remember who it is. You might know. Somebody said this lovely line, which is, take your passion with you, um, which was a – and the reason that that – it was a, well, a TED talk, I think. And the mm. reason the guy was talking about it was it's because sometimes there's, there's a lot of talk about finding your passion, finding your passion, and he kind of conjured up this image of people sitting there banging their head against, well, where's my passion? Where's my passion? <laughs> um, kind of looking too hard, whereas, in fact, it's – it's not so much that you have to find your passion in your work, but what's the passion within you and then take that to your work. And that's exactly Absolutely. what you're saying anyway, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's so we've let's say we've got that. So we've we've um, magically not magically, but we've unearthed this this passion, this cause. What then do we do? Where do we take it? How do we make that decision? You know, should I blog? Should I write? Should I broadcast? Should I film? Should I what do I what do I do with this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question because in this day and age, there are so many options and it's easy to feel overwhelmed mm. and it's easy to just go, oh my God, I'm going to put that in the too hard basket. Or we, we just make some kind of perfunctory effort at social media or whatever it is, but it's not it's not really that effective. So I think when you are faced with so many options, like the ones that you've mentioned, blogging, podcasting, social media, whatever... I think what's important is to find the one that you're going to resonate with, the one that yep. you're going to find the most fun, the one that's you know um, you're actually going to do, be- and build your tribe around that, or you use that tool as one of the tools to build your community or your tribe or to share your passion uh, through that medium. I think when people fail or become overwhelmed is when they try to do all of them, uh, and it's just not going to work because it's not mm. humanly possible. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, we'll dive into that um, notion of tribe a little more in a moment, uh, if we can. And I remember, well, I remember it because I see it regularly, and one of the things that we notice in in our forums is, is you can, this whole notion of tribe is you can either start a tribe where there you know where up until now there's maybe a blank space and no tribe or you can of course go where there is a tribe and and sort sort of uh, source or find followers through that i mean when you talk about tribe are you talking about you standing there um publishing and talking and broadcasting and drawing people to you or is it more that you walk into a space metaphorically where people are already there how do you how do you sort of respond to that I think both are really important but in the first instance if you actually want to build your own brand or you want to publish so that you become known you do need to be the one who is the the speaker be the one who's the center of attention you may and, and building your own tribe around that but I think it's a perfectly acceptable strategy and a smart one to then 
take all of that knowledge and go into another tribe and to try and contribute and to be useful and to network. Um, and some of those people, not all, will come over and there'll be a you know a bit of a Venn diagram. You're going to have mm. um, uh, people from, from sort of both tribes in a sense. I think it's important to do both. But ultimately, if you want to build your brand, you do have to develop your own voice and your own uh, community. Yeah, and I guess when I think of that, the regular column that, um, that, that you did for many years with Fairfax Media, mm. you know, they clearly had a lot of people there, but you took your expertise and then created your own following, your own tribe within their playground kind of thing. Yep. Would that be about right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. I think it's an important thing to find people who are uh, who would make good strategic partners but who aren't necessarily in competition with you. Hmm. Okay. So let's imagine someone else. And this is this might be hard for you to imagine being as writing is very much your focus. But mm. imagine someone coming to you who's kind of got the passion, um, they've got the cause, they, they've kind of, they, you know, they can articulate it verbally quite well to you. But mm. when you say, okay, well, come on then, let's get you writing, let's get you planning on a book, and they go, oh, I can't write, I can't write a letter to my mum, there's no way I'm going to write. <laughs> uh, it's just writing isn't for me. You know, what, what, would, what do you say to those people? Do you just, just punch them around the head until they write? Or do you, what's your, where do you, kind of, where do you go to next? The first thing I would try to do, and I know that um, business owners are time poor, but the mm. first thing I would try to do is say, look, why don't you give it a go anyway? And I find that for the people who I say that to, about 50% of them give it a go and actually really love the process and don't find it as hard as they originally thought. Hmm. The other 50% still don't enjoy it that much. But what I say to them then, still try it first so that at least you've tried it because you may end up loving it. But if you really don't or you're just that time poor that you don't want to commit to it, if you can express yourself beautifully, your ideas verbally to me, just record yourself and, and get yourself a ghostwriter. Yeah, okay. Get someone else to do it for you. But mm. what about, you know, there's the, we don't have to look too far to find uh, pretty well-written blogs where mm. there's no one there. Yes. Very silent, no traffic, no comments, no views. Yes. Um, how long do you, do you need to, I mean, that, that's clearly, that's about another dozen podcasts we could talk about there. But mm -hmm. um, what do you say to those people that are doing it and saying, Valerie, I've been doing this, I've, you know, I've written 500 words a week for the last six weeks and the only one who's read it is my mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> what do you say to those people? I think it's irrelevant as long as the right people read it. And they might be just the right three people and it doesn't mm. matter. Depends what your goals are. So I'm not saying, it, it, I think people make the mistake, business owners make the mistake that they think that I need to, you know, blog and I need to then have to grow my blog readers by 100, 200, thousands, 20,000, 30,000. That's not necessarily the case. It depends on your product and what you want to achieve. Because if your goal is to get eyeballs so you can have advertising on your blog, sure, you need a lot of eyeballs. But if in fact you just want to secure that $200,000 um, contract with that big company, you only need that CEO or that decision maker to be reading your blog. Mm. So people make the mistake that it, they need lots of traffic, but they don't necessarily, depending on what their goals are. Sure. And given, you know, again, this, this notion of um, you know, playing in other people's playgrounds, given what LinkedIn, you know, the, the way you can publish on LinkedIn now, uh, the me the way you can publish through Facebook or Twitter. Do we? Do you think for the for the greater majority, do we need to have? Do they need to have blogs? Do they? Does anybody need to have a blog? 
that's a very good question. If you, I think you definitely need an online presence that you, you know, pe- that people can find you that's not just a social media platform. So I think that you might have great success, say, in LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever, but I still think you need some kind of online presence because, um, you know, Facebook could disappear tomorrow, LinkedIn could disappear tomorrow, or all your posts could disappear. I know that LinkedIn recently made some changes, well, about a year ago, not that mm. recent, and um, all of our all of our content on our company page was gone. Mm. Uh, so that just that can just happen. I mean, they gave us fair warning and all of that, so that if we wanted to, we could take it all off. Um, so I still think you need some kind of home base where that's almost like a safety net, and for people who aren't necessarily finding you on LinkedIn, they can just find you very easily and they can see that this is what you stand for this is the kind of uh, thought leadership you have and and you know this is where they can find you yeah okay all right so i think that's a that's a, a, a totally fine response and i agree that you know that lovely or not so lovely with the expression of kind of who's got the gun who could pull the socket out of the wall for your business mm. if you do put all the all your activity and all your eggs into facebook or linkedin yes someone else could change the rules and suddenly you're not there anymore um so what about those um or perhaps we just branch away ever so slightly from the the means of publishing so we're talking a lot about writing that would that would make sense given who you are um (laughs) but let's look at some other sort of areas as well i mean um what's your view generally of people that are um using youtube using video to publish very short snippets is that how how do you sort of gauge the effectiveness of that alongside writing. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that video is going to grow and grow over the next couple of of years. And I think that it's really important to start exploring it. I know it can be intimidating for some people because people, you know, they don't, they're they're insecure, they don't like what they look like, or they feel embarrassed on camera. But I think it's important just to start exploring and testing the waters because it's going to grow, particularly if people need to get to know you. Video is a perfect way for people, in a very easy way for people to get to see your personality and how you come across and whether they like you. It's much more personal connection than reading a blog, even mm. though blogs are still, you know, useful and definitely have a purpose. Um, video cuts through a lot quicker. So I do actually think that if you're going to ignore video over the next few years, then other people are going to, you know, take over. And if your competitors don't ignore video, then that's going to be a problem. Yeah, okay. So um, part of that probably is having a look at what your competitors are doing and finding uh, an opening that they're not yet satisfying. And goodness knows there's plenty of those, aren't there? <laughs> but what about then this this area of, of, um, of choosing? I mean, I, I do think, um, and you and I have spoken briefly about this in the past, that there are too many people spending too much time perhaps in social media areas that aren't necessarily the right areas. Mm. Um, so it's this, this whole point of, um, of choosing strategically. How do you sort of uh, nudge someone in the right direction in that respect? The first thing to ask yourself is where your target market is hanging out. So, you know, if it's, say, stay-at-home mothers, you're probably going to pick Facebook. 
but if it's um, uh, you know CEOs and uh, well senior executives, you're probably going to pick LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So look at who your target customers are and 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 see where they hang out. Which social media platforms are they most likely to use? And then out of those, pick the ones you're going to have the most fun in, or you're actually going to um, enjoy doing, so yeah. you don't feel like a chore. Okay. And do you find do you find, come across many people that? absolutely put all their efforts into one area and simply let the others go and if so do you applaud that approach is that in your view the signs of somebody who clearly knows their direction um if they that's an interesting question because i do see some people who put all of their eggs in one basket and they're extremely successful at it and that's great and they should keep on doing it however they've been smart enough to at least secure the names or maintained a um minimal presence on the other ones just in case one falls over they they can just ramp up the other one but I've obviously also seen people who's put all their eggs in one basket and it's not getting that much traction but they're not trying anything else either no okay so you know it depends yeah so the thing is to find your right audience obviously and then but not to not to not to just completely ignore everybody else you and things change I was listening to a a podcast earlier today about you know the the slowing down of the growth of Facebook, which is hardly surprising when mm. four out of five people are already on there. But um, you know, and the massive uh, explosion of Tumblr at the moment. You hear about those sort of things. You think, oh my goodness, should I be over there? Mm. Um, I guess we just got to be mindful, haven't we? So let me ask you one one other question. So I'm going to um, push put you on the spot slightly more here. So <laughs> there you are in your chair. Um, you know, enjoying it, and uh, you, you no doubt about your passion and your cause. However, you're only allowed to choose one avenue. You can write, you can present live, face to face to people, or you can present on video. So, which one are you? You're only allowed one of those. Though. I'm sorry, wow. Valerie. It's a bit like Desert Island Discs. So, if, wow. you, if you know that show. So, which are you <laughs> going to choose? You're going to write, you're going to present live, you're going to present on video, and why? Wow. I, because of the way I see the future go, even though I would probably like to choose writing mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, uh, I would probably choose video for a couple of reasons. One, it's going to push me out of my comfort zone. It's going to make me improve and try and do it better because, you know, I do it okay now, but I could do it a whole lot better. Um, and because I think that that's the future, you know, in three years' time, we're going to be consuming so much on video. The, most of many things mm. on video if not most things so that's probably what why i would choose video at this stage but that's really if only if you put a gun to my head because <laughs> i do think that the power of the written word is something that can stay with you a lot um longer than a three-minute YouTube video. So mm. I guess it depends for what purpose. Yeah, you know, okay. if, it's commun- commun- if it's social media type things, I would choose video. But if it's com- communicating um, a really powerful message or a some kind of manifesto or some kind of really deep belief that I had, then I would choose writing so okay all right no, that's why. a good response okay so finally uh, well i got a couple more questions the next one i'd like to talk to you about is live so i know you do um, keynote speaking you you i'm not sure if you run your own workshops anymore whether that's something that you don't do sort of hands-on yourself too much but what's your thoughts or observations of the 
um, shift that we certainly observe where there seems to be slightly less people getting involved in offline activities versus online. That is the notion of running a small group um, meetup or presenting at a small workshop. Do you, I still personally see massive benefit and, and power in that. How, what do you observe? Do you, do you see much around the place? What do you think? Do you mean uh, you are seeing fewer people running smaller meetups? Small, uh, fewer people actually attaching importance to the value of presenting to a small group is a wonderful means of growing business. Oh, I think leads. that's vital. Mm. <laughs> I think that people should um, take those opportunities wherever they can because you ha then make a connection with every single person in that room. Uh, I think that if you – I think there are, you know, really large events which are also great but they serve a very different purpose um, and they're, they're, they're slick and they're – thoroughly enjoyable from minute one mm. um, and the smaller groups are, are enjoyable too but it's a totally different dynamic and you really get to know people on a slightly more intimate level because you get to talk to the speaker for longer or you get to ask lots of more questions. I think that um, I think that uh, smaller events is still a, a very useful a very useful thing to do. Mm. Okay so back to our mortgage broker for a moment then we've got this person writing we've agreed or we've, we've come up with a couple of of areas where they can certainly focus and and take their passion along with passion along with them i'm guessing you would also then have that person creating some small videos that would be on their site and be on their youtube channel would they be also i guess they would be involved in some small events of some sort anything else that you think to that particular person you'd like to be nudging that i mean should they be writing a book is that the next stage for them Absolutely. I think if the mortgage broker uh, who specialised in sports people mm -hmm. um, could – and no, I, I assume if he loves sport, he's going to have lots of anecdotes about his own experience with oh, sport and his own you know, childhood passions for sport and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he could write a fantastic book that would not only showcase his experience in the mortgage industry because that's a given, but it would also showcase that he gets – where his target market comes from. If he used sporting analogies and if he talked about, you know, some semi-memoir type experience. Right. Um, and that immediately relates him to his target audience. It's a wonderful connection. So I think for him, a book makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Okay. And what would the book be called? <laughs> Come on, I just know you can do this off the top of your head. I know you can. Oh, I don't know. Money in the game. I don't know. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. Awesome. Money in the game. How, or money and the game. I don't know what it was. But that's, yeah, exactly. Whatever it was, it's damn good. I'm going to register that straight away. Um, okay, look, finally, Valerie, I'd like, thank you so much for time. I'd like to ask you, um, in your life, in your business, who's been the greatest influence on you and what did they teach you? Um, actually two people but they're not famous well, is no, that okay they, of course it's okay <laughs> it's very okay okay so two of my closest friends one uh, her name is kylie i've known her since i was four and a half years old so that is a hell of a long time and um i she runs a successful pr company and what i learned from her was just this incredible understand just a strategy not just a belief because anyone can sort of believe yes and you can believe the impossible you can achieve the impossible but the strategy to do so and that's mm. what I learned from her and uh, another good friend of mine Gina who has been through lots and lots of challenging things and she 
I, what I've learned from her is that you can come out the other end just not only a better person, a gracious person, a beautiful person and one not um, affected negatively by all the challenging things. So, Ah, oh, wonderful. Mm. So that's, that's a beautiful response. And they're very famous people, very famous to Valerie Koo, and that's the most, yes. most important person here right now. So, look, that's so kind of you. And finally, if I can just mention to our listeners, as I mentioned at the outset, the generous people at KPI can help you easily discover your personal influence score. By taking their terrific online quiz, you'll not only get a 30-page report that will clarify some of your key influence goals, you'll also score a free hard copy of the best-selling book, Become a Key Person of Influence. Simply head to kpiquiz.com.au forward slash flying solo. Valerie Koo, thank you so much for spending your time with us. It's been great to have you here. Congratulations on 10 years. Doesn't surprise me. And uh, look forward to talking to you and watching you and following you for the hopefully the next 10 years it'll be fun (laughs) all right enjoy your day thank you and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo i'm robert gerrish and we hope you'll join us next time if you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and facebook thanks for listening